Curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're in Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're in Sales podcast. This episode of the So You're in Sales podcast is brought to you by Badger Maps. Do you work in field sales? Then you've experienced what I've experienced, leaving the house, driving around, visiting customers, and popping into potential new accounts without having a real plan of action. It's easy to waste time driving around until I tried Badger. Badger is a route planner for field sales teams, and it can help you sell up to 25% more by optimizing your driving routes and meeting schedule cool, right? Badger can knock 20% off the amount of time you spend driving around each day, and that's more time to get deals closed. Badger will also automatically update your customer information in your CRM, so it'll get your sales manager off your back too. Never be late to a sales meeting again, and start your free trial of Badger Maps today by heading to badgermaps.com slash in sales podcast. That's badgermaps.com in sales podcast and start your free trial today. The profile for the So You're in Sales podcast on SoundCloud has a caption on it that says, selling is hard and stressful and incredibly rewarding. Learn here how to do it better and not drive yourself crazy in the process. And there's been a recurring theme in the interviews during the four years that we've had the show where we examine what happens when people struggle and don't succeed. What happens when you're presented with a set of challenges and circumstances that are somewhat beyond your control, and how do you respond to those challenges when they occur? Amanda Delaney has joined me for uh, her second time on the show for a discussion that is riveting, eye-opening, and somewhat scary to consider when you think about what Amanda had to go through and how she showed her resiliency, her perseverance, and her ability to pick herself back up when she's gotten knocked down so many times. I think you're going to take a lot from this interview. Give it a listen. Welcome to episode 31 guest, Amanda Delaney, former, and I'm the former promo kitchen guy. You're the current promo kitchen girl. <laughs> we We have this legacy between us. We have this age-old relationship. I, I'm so excited to bring you on to the show. Welcome. Thank you, Roger. I'm very excited to be here. Okay, so I feel like today's interview, um, the word that I kept thinking about as you and I were preparing to come on to the show today was serendipity. Okay, because there's a whole lot of things that are going on that are coalescing all at the same time on this particular episode of the show that are so interesting to me. So in addition to you being a return guest, in addition to us having what we feel like is a really interesting topic to talk about, 
Today marks the first episode of the show that I have a sponsor not called Social Good Promotions. Holy moly, who are they? So let me tell you about this. So Amanda Delaney, you have made your life working as a territory sales rep in field sales, correct? Correct, yep. Okay, and so you've witnessed the evolution of technology and the advent of CRM systems. Yes. Where you track your relationships in a cloud-based computing platform. The problem for most field sales reps is it's not intuitive and there's no artificial intelligence ideas built into it. Today's sponsor of the show, first-time sponsor, Badger Maps. Imagine if you could lay out your route of where you needed to go and it tell you the most accurate way to go the most efficiently by taking these particular roads. And when you're out in the field doing your activities, it links directly into your CRM. So when you're done with the call, you can mark it as done and move on to the next call. This thing is crazy good, but I love the guys at Badger Maps. They actually were just the last guest on the show. And they were talking about what happened when they looked at the 5,000 businesses that are using their program and what happened during the pandemic and how travel completely disappeared yep. because they could see it in their, in their data. Yep. So crazy, right? So Badger yep. Maps, check it out. I just wrote it down. I'm ready. Free trial, free trial opportunity. If you do badgermaps.com forward slash so good promotions. Okay. Bam. So there it is. All right. So that's why this is serendipitous. So like who better to talk about that being a really good feature of something than the person who spent her entire career <laughs> on the road making sales calls. At one point you had an entire piece of content built around bathrooms on the road yes. and how gross that is, right? Uh, yes. Panera Bread bathrooms specifically are the most disgusting bathrooms. You'd think they're clean, but they're not. Do not use them on the road. <laughs> Wawa's. Stick to Wawa's. So, so that that is why I, I literally, I loved the fact that like, okay, all of these things are coming together. What better testimonial than for you to say how Im important it was. So, so important. we're coming out of what has been probably the most surreal 16 months of our entire lives collectively, not just you and me, like anyone listening, everyone, anyone who says, Oh yeah, like nothing really changed, please come on. Everything and, changed. And for those of us who have made our careers in field sales, when an organization is trying to save itself because we work in a marketplace that contracted from $24 billion to 19. And in reality, it contracted from 24 billion to 13 billion because the other six was PPE. People didn't need salespeople. And as far as they were concerned, it was, this is a sinking ship and you are the deck chairs. And that's no affront to any supplier because every supplier needed to do every business, no matter what industry you were in, Respect. If you're still in business, respect, because you had to do what you needed to do. But that doesn't mean that there wasn't collateral damage. Right. That was done to people's careers and maybe more importantly, people's self-worth, people's mental health. And so much of what I'm talking about are things that you just went through. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was incredible to have the opportunity to give you a chance to talk about like, what happened? So, Amanda, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what the hell happened? Yeah. Uh, that is a very, very good question. 
you know, I, I was very careful about who I said this to during the pandemic. And I think now that we're, I'm using my air quotes here on the other side of it. And I've learned what I learned. I feel a lot more confident saying this out loud, but when the pandemic hit, I blended in my pandemic started in September of 2018, if I'm being completely honest. And it just kind of spiraled, you know, it was, I, I got let go from my job, not a COVID related thing. And one thing led to another and I had all these plans and, you know, I, I was selling all my stuff. I put my stuff in storage. I go to expo or big industry trade show of the year, every January, none of us thought that that was going to be the last time we see each other for, you know, a long time. And I had opportunities and I felt great. And I, you know, I, I had a plan that plane fell through on Wednesday of Expo. The show ends on Thursday. And super long story short, I found myself on a Greyhound bus from Las Vegas going back home to Seattle. Going back home to a place that I do not like to go home to. You know, um, I lost my mom almost. It'll be six years ago next month. And then in the next year, I lost two of my best friends to suicide. And that kept happening. So over the course of the past almost six years, the only time I've gone home really has been for a funeral. I haven't really talked to my family since her funeral. And so just a lot of things that I um, purposely did not want to address. Right. So I find myself going home asking if I can stay with a, uh, my best friend. I thought that taking the Greyhound bus, well, first of all, it was my only option. Let's be real uh, money wise, but I thought it'd be a very humbling experience. And during this whole time, you know, I've my world's turned upside down before, you know, I lost my mom. I, I lost my job. I kind of made my comeback and came back in. So I'm not a stranger to chaos and I, I'd be really well in survival mode, whatever industry you're in. If you've, you've been in it for a long time, that's kind of your identity. It's what you do, right? You're, I'm a very career driven person and that's, that's my whole life. But for us in promo, that's my lifeline. Those are my friends. Those are my family. That's my these are the people that know the most about me, people that I might only see three times a year that I know if I need anything, I could call them hands down without question more so than probably some of my friends from back home, you know? So when all of that goes away. Anyone that works in a trade show driven industry right. was going going through this. So the wedding uh, trade show industry was going through this. Yeah. The hospitality industry was going through this. Yep. Food and beverage People who were used to coming to a place to socialize with one another every single day of their careers, all of that for every one of those people completely and utterly went away Gone. overnight. Like I, you know, I, I kept saying that the pandemic didn't really affect me. If anything, it kind of helped me blend in because everybody was now in the same situation that I had found myself in. But looking back now that I'm back in action, it 1 million percent affected me. You know, it, it um, your, your options go away. The options of hope or other suppliers I've been talking to about the next place I go, I'm going to be strategic about it. I'm going to be intentional about it. And then all hope of all of that goes away because all of a sudden it's like our industry just got shut down. People are getting let go left and right. My friends are having to start different businesses that, you know, like everybody's it's pivot pivots on pivot. I know from our relationship, the severity of what happened. Yep. And we all had to deal with that in differing ways. What they say it was uh, same storm, different boats. Yeah. Yep. Right. And yeah. you may understand the circumstance of what's going on, but you have no idea what people are going through. Nope. So what were you going through? 
you know, I feel, I feel like it was an identity, an identity crisis almost, you know, I, I had gone through something a few years previously where, you know, like I said, my, I, I lost my mom, my world turned upside down. The company that I worked for that I was going to retire from, uh, let me go for very good reasons. And I said it once, I'll say it a million times that saved my life, you know, and I handled, I handled that situation very poorly. You know, I think, I think people have heard that story. If you haven't super long story short, I chose to handle my grief with a lot of alcohol, a lot of Xanax, um, whatever else I could really get on my hands. And I don't remember a whole lot of a a year and a half. So fast forward, I, I get the help I need. I spend a year sober, all this clarity, you know, great, 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 not great. It was hard, but, and then I came on the other side of it and, you know, I ended up seeking therapy outside of the program because I came to, you know, that that wasn't my problem. And I had a lot of stuff that I had to deal with. So I did. And I feel like I'm on top of my career, right? I, I deal with that. I make this comeback. I felt shunned almost like I felt like that weird kid in high school, or I felt like I was no longer a part of this industry. And this industry is my, my life, you know, like we were talking about before we started recording, it's your friends, it's your family, it's it's a lifeline, you know, and this is why this is so important for you to be telling the story because unlike times in the past, when your rug was pulled out from underneath you, There were two things kind of going on here. And this, I think, is important for anyone who's in a struggle of any proportion. When you believe that you've recovered from the struggle, only to have the rug pulled out from underneath you yet again, there are a lot of people that, depending on the number of tugs of the rug you're on, people will give up. Yep. And the only thing you can't do is give up. But the more often the rug gets pulled out from underneath you, the more challenging it becomes because it's even more frustrating when you think, I've built this one back better. The next hurricane will not knock me down. Guess what? It knocks you down. And it knocks you down harder. Okay. But this time you had a community of people. So talk about why that was so important to you and what we're talking about. Like, what am I talking about when I say you had a community of people? Well, I feel like at that time, I didn't know who my community of people was anymore, you know, and I think that was the scariest part for me. I don't know who to trust. I felt like people just dropped me. And then I felt like, okay, everybody's going through this pandemic. Everybody's going through their own. It's not all about you. You know what I mean? I'm sitting in this place. I have no money. I'm back home in my hometown where I'm for the first time having to like literally face, look at my mom's house that I cleaned out almost six years ago. And I'm having to actually accept the fact that she's gone, which I, I hadn't done. I'm having to face all these things I went to therapy to work on and deal with. But now I'm literally back in that location, having to deal with it, seeing family. Um, And I didn't feel like I had my promo community that I could reach out to and kind of help me through it, which I had always had before. So you really learn to sit by yourself because there's, there's nothing else around. And looking back on it was, you know, was some of it in my head, was it who, who knows, but that's your reality at the time. Right. Yep. And our community, especially in the specific industry, Roger, we are so dependent on each other. And so to feel like, you have all that completely taken away. So I, I have no money. I'm living out of an OGO 9,800 suitcase that I went to Vegas in with my then mom in this like box. Like this is all I have. And I lived out of that same OGO 9,800 suitcase for, I mean, until two months ago, essentially when I, I moved into my house. So is that I have enough experience where things do work out. So I have enough experience to hold on to that blind faith, right? 
but that does not make it easier. I knew things would work out. I knew that this was happening for a reason. I knew I was supposed to pay attention to the signs and follow the synchronicities. I knew all of this. I've spent a lot of time and money in therapy. Um, I, I have the tools in my toolbox, right? But it does not make it easier. And Correct. the one thing that I knew I couldn't do was fall back on what I had fallen back on before. Cause one, that's not a good place to be in. I don't want to be in that place Two, I don't know if my community thinks that I've like fallen off the wagon again or not. You know what I mean? It was just all of this noise in my head that I had to figure out how to calm down with no home, no vehicle, no income. And back in a place where like, I feel like my whole past is facing me all at once that I thought that I had gotten past, you know, it was very, very, very interesting six months that I, I spent back there. I, I remember, I I don't know what to do. I've sold everything that I possibly can. I was door dashing, you know, here I am in my mid thirties and felt like I was on top of my career at one point. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything. My sales are growing and I'm still, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing. And and then that still gets taken away. And it's, 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 it's hard for me when things get taken away from me where I did not sabotage them myself. Right. Because that's very confusing, you know? So I, I was like, well, I guess I'll DoorDash. I was DoorDashing, listening to Mike Michalowicz books and as many industry podcasts as they possibly could. And was like, just keep continuing your education because from the mental health standpoint, you know, like, sure, I could have gone and take a job at Walmart maybe, right? But from, a, I'm not saying that I'm above that, but from a mental health standpoint, when you've loved what you're doing so much in your whole life and your people and everything, all I'm thinking about is how can I come back into that industry when it opens back up and how can I be better than I was before? But God, it is not easy to push right. through. And just because you know that things are going to work out doesn't mean that you do not get so tired of okay. fighting. Okay, so I'm, I'm literally, I'm riveted. Like you got the movie is in right. There's a turning point, and then something happened. What was the turning point for you? So um, I was having a FaceTime call actually with a friend of mine, Katie Kalik. And we had met on a common skew happy hour. So we call each other. We're, we're pandemic friends and we just became great friends. But our very first conversation that we were having, we're like, Hey, let's connect, whatever. And I remember looking at her thinking, this girl has, this girl is who I used to be. She had passion. She had drive. She's talking about how can we, she's not sitting around waiting for the pandemic to end. She's part of the group like, like us who are, you know, okay, what are we going to do to make this happen? And whatnot. And she just had the spark in her. And I saw myself that I clearly did not have that spark anymore. I'm just going to shoot my shot. You know, there were a few suppliers that I knew that I wanted to work for. I reached out to one of them and said, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I think I can bring to the table. I want to be a part of your brand. P.S. I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, but think of me. A week later, I had an offer and um, moved to Tennessee a week after that. Now, fast forward four months later, it was not a good fit. And I knew that it's not where I wanted to be. And I think that's one part of going through hell. Like I'm in the middle of like going through hell for the second time in my life. And I knew that this was not going to be a good place um, for me or for them. Right. So after four months that ended and that was scary, but it had gotten me, it got me closer to where I wanted to be. At no, least I had, that it gave you to you. It gave me my confidence back. You took, you took a game winner and you hit the bucket. Yeah. And once you hit one, it's like, well, I hit one. Let's keep on rolling. What else can happen? Right. So what, yeah, exactly. So, you know, and that was a very interesting experience. And 
fast forward again, I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I, I, I felt that I was closer to where, you know, getting where I wanted to get to. And anyways, I, I came back to Florida and that was really, that was really the turning point for me where I was like, okay, I can do this, you know? So I was going to intentionally put myself back in Florida. This was in January because here I am again, I just moved into an apartment. So when I say I was quote, quote, homeless for 16 months, two of those months I did have an apartment. Um, I, you know, I have to leave that again. I have to break that lease. It's just kind of this constant, but at this point, because I had given me some of my confidence back and because I had started, I guess, reaching out, like I, I became, Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey has this quote um, that says, uh, God, what is it? Everyone wants to ride in the limo with you, but nobody wants to ride. Or, But what you want to find is somebody who will ride in the bus with you when the limo breaks down. I yes, found this. Yep. And a good friend of mine, Teresa Mazzullo, uh, told me uh, kind of during that same time, too, you should always focus on cheering the people on who are cheering you on, Right. So I just, I intentionally kind of made my circle smaller throughout this whole process. I found the value in really keeping a lot of my life a little bit more private and figuring out what I want kind of without my community. So I feel like I've learned some things along the way. I'm like, all right, Florida, here we go. Things are opening back up. Florida is a great market, a booming market for the industry. I know this territory, like the back of my hand, I killed it in this territory before easy peasy, right? Call my friend Susie. I'm like, Hey, can I stay with you? Maybe just for a few weeks. And then fast forward, that was in January and I've been in my house now for two months. So that turned into much more than a few weeks, but I had conversations with suppliers and it was just all these great conversations and then nothing would happen. Great conversations and then nothing would happen. And so that feeling of just being defeated and kicked down over and over and over again, it was just, you know, it, it, it gets, it gets tiring. Um, but I had learned from past experience and, uh, our friend Matt Gerber always says, shoot your shot. And I'm like, all right, there's one more supplier that I would love to work for. And, you know, in the meantime, though, I had really found a passion for being more involved with, you know, nonprofits and I got more involved with promo kitchen. And so just the way that I look at things matter, the, the voice I want to have in this industry kind of changed from, I think what it once was. So I wanted to be very intentional about where I did go because I didn't want to have the same situation that I just had twice in one year, you know? So I shot my shot again and thank God it worked out. And uh, now, you know, I'm, I'm with a high caliber line and what turned into a conversation about, Hey, here's what I know about the Florida market and your brain is way underrepresented here. Here's what I think you can do in Florida turned into a, will you manage the entire Southeast? So here we are. But had you not, been able to go and say, I don't just want you to give me a job. Here's why you need me to work for you. Yeah. That's the difference. And by having had the opportunity to get some wins under your belt while you were recovering from the last tug of the rug, talk about the role Promo Kitchen played and the community that you had of those supporters and the way that surrounding yourself with people who share your beliefs can be even more confidence building. It really can. And, you know, when I say I intentionally kind of looked at my circle and we talk about community and really finding my community, Promo Kitchen saved my life. And I mean that very figuratively and literally. Um, there was a time that I did not know if I was going to make it through this time again. Like I said, you, you, you have the tools and you know what to do, but mental health is a bitch. And I, I think I do a great job of managing it. And I, I, I talk about it and that helps, but there was a time I did not know if I was going to make it through that last push promo kitchen gave me the, 
the support from people that are a little weird and like to push boundaries and don't settle for the status quo like, like I do. And at this point, I knew that I was going to, it wasn't an option of going to settle for another like, you know, real job. Everything had to be right. It had to fall into place because I, I just couldn't put myself back through those same situations. And I started talking about it a little bit with some of the people with Promo Kitchen and it was Johanna Gottlieb and Kate Plummer who were like, Hey, will you run this, um, T the, um, we did a scholarship for our good friend T Hamilton and will you lead this, this committee? And I had never done that before. And I'm like, yeah. And you know, fast forward, I remember a couple of them were like, you're so good at project management. We had no idea. And at the time I'm like, Oh gosh, yeah, that's totally my jam. But I'm thinking like, I had no idea I was this good at project management either. I just, my passion grew for the, for the people, for the opportunities that they were giving me to empower me. You know, that's one thing that I struggled with before I felt like my empowerment had been taken away. I felt like I was kind of caged in and I wasn't able to do the things that I wanted to do that I was spending my time educating myself on so on and so forth. And, you know, here's these people that just believed in me. And even as I kind of started letting them into a little bit more about what had been going on in the past, I kind of slowly started letting them in. And the more I did, the more they just lifted me up. And, you know, that led into some great opportunities with Promo Kitchen where I, I, I'm, I'm able to kind of use that voice that I, I think I have to help change the industry for the better with this group of people that I just know if something bad were to happen again, that's not going to be the community that I'm ever going to have to worry about disappearing. If I end up with a headstone, what I would like put on my headstone is this quote that is usually attributed to me. I don't think anybody else has said it. I think it's mine. If you hang around with inspirational people long enough, you're bound to be inspired. It's like osmosis. Yep. And we hang around between and amongst us some of the most inspirational people you could ever meet. Yep, we and do. I, and I count you in that community because... When people are willing to express to you what it is that they've overcome in order to be able to be successful, that's the real magic. Because when you can see what people's all apparently on the surface seem like, oh my God, they're so together and they're so amazing and they're so talented. And then you dig into the story and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And it's because of other people being willing to share that with each other that we all have this ability to be inspired to like, well, what can I really achieve? Because I'm watching all of the other amazing achievements going on around me. And each of those people who are doing those amazing things are going, you could do great things too. Yeah. It's almost as if it becomes an expectation. So if you're not hanging around in a community that inspires you that way, change the people you hang around with people. Yeah. It's, This is a great example of an instance when it is literally the difference between life and freaking death. It literally, literally is. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's that, it's that purpose you need, that drive that you need to, you know, just kind of keep you going. You want to feel valued. You people want to know that they're heard and cared about. And when you've gone through a period of time, you know, and I'm in my own little bubble thinking, of course, like, Nobody, nobody's texted me in two days or, you know, just, and then you get to this point where you realize that you're okay without that. And then you realize that I, I don't, I don't know. It's the involvements, the evolving that a human being can do. First of all, I think is pretty incredible. I think 
the empowerment aspect of what those people around you, your tribe, what they're doing to lift you up. And, you know, when my biggest fear was that if I started telling these people at Promo Kitchen who were literally saving my life every day and giving me this whole new drive to just do more good, you know, in, in this world and with people, if I started telling them a little bit about what I was going through there, what, what if they automatically go back to that Promo Kitchen podcast from four years ago? What if they automatically go back to, oh, what if she's like, you know, I'm, I, you worry about that. You worry about your past catching up with you. And it was something that I worked so hard to overcome that I don't shy away from talking about necessarily. I'm not of it, but it's just not me anymore. So it's not something I try to focus on. So that fear of them feeling like that was very present. But like I said, the more I started letting them in, the more they just lifted me up and empowered me to do different things. And I, Johanna had told me that she was talking to a customer and she's like, it is amazing when you give somebody the empowerment, how much, like how they see what they're really, really capable of. And I see so many, especially now, you know, suppliers and distributors, we're having issues. Apparently, apparently we're having supply chain issues. I don't know if you've heard. Oh, and labor shortage. It's a thing. I know. Weird. I'll fill you in after, but uh, you know, all all of these things are, are happening and everybody's kind of butting heads and, the community and the coming together is like you said, the difference between life and death sometimes. And I think that people are afraid to really dive into that. Like during the pandemic, how many times did we talk about like, Hey, ask somebody how they are, ask somebody how they feel, but really, really mean it. I say that when I ask somebody how I am, I I say right after, I mean that in a literal sense, I really want to know how you are. And I think people are afraid to say, oh, well, I'm not so great because people shy away from that or they think you can't handle that. And I was so afraid of the more responsibility Promo Kitchen kept giving me that kept giving me more life that led me to the confidence that I have to, you know, um, go after this this new job with high caliber. If I hadn't started talking about it because I had been so afraid of them thinking, you know, one way, because that's all I had in my head experienced over the past year and a half, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. But it takes a lot to like be vulnerable and just open up and just kind of like, hey, I'm not really having a great time. And I will tell you what, 50 people, that awesome organization that now call me when they're going through things, when they're depressed, when they're having anxiety, when they don't know what to do. And in my mind, that's amazing. That makes it worth it. That makes it all worth it. The fact that our community as a whole has rallied around the idea of like mental health is one of the single largest, most important topics that we collectively can focus upon is to me, if there's a a ray of light that's come from what happened, it's that. And we have wholeheartedly as a group embraced this idea of, we need to talk about it. We need to make it feel like it's a safe space for you to talk about it. And that if you feel like you need someone to talk to, there are a litany of people available to speak to you about anything that you happen to be going through, which God bless that we've gotten ourselves to a point where we can literally say like, I'm, I'm going through some stuff with my family right now. And I've been able to be very honest and candid with people about when you ask me how I am, historically, you know, me to be the happiest person on the earth. And I have to be real and say, not so happy right now. And that's so important because you feel like, I know for me anyways, I spent so many years trying to keep this like, this, this face on the surface, like, you know, surface level, everything's fine. Everything's fine, but everything's not fine. And that gets exhausting. It gets so exhausting. So being able to say to someone, I'm not okay today. It's a bad day and not have them think like, Oh my God, she's not going to be able to do her job. Or you should be able to have those conversations and being involved with promo kitchens gotten me 
or has allowed me to be more involved with Promo Cares, which I love everything that you guys are doing. And, you know, I've, I've said, I've, I've been talking about mental health more and more, and it was really difficult for me to want to do that because again, everything I've been through before, you're worried of those stereotypes. And I think that's true, not just for our industry, but any industry, you have a rumor mill, right? And people make one mistake and you hold that against them forever. And I think this pandemic hopefully has opened people's eyes a little bit more to seeing like, Hey, like people are going through, people are going through their shit. People make mistakes. People handle grief and trauma in, in different, different ways. None of us are exempt to going down a a bad spiral because something bad happened in our life, you know? And I don't talk about mental health today because it's self-serving and it like does something for me. I have my therapist for that. Like, trust me, we talk often. People need help. People are going through, through things. And I've been through those things and I just went through the worst probably phase of my entire life. And I've had some bad things like happen in my life. And, and this is just from all angles and talking about it, moving my way through talking about it, talking about it. That's how I got to the other side of it. So I don't do it because I need a mental health boost. I do it because if one more person will reach out to me or you or somebody and say, I'm having a bad day. Sweet. Let's talk about it. I'm having a bad day too. You know, People will ask me often, like, what's your podcast about? And unlike a lot of other podcasts about sales, we don't talk about sales techniques. We don't talk about anything to do with, like, how to move deals down funnel. Like, I can talk about all of those things, but that's not what what my podcast is about is we're human beings that happen to be salespeople. Right. In order to be able to do the job to the best of your ability – there's disciplines within each of us that we need to be mindful of and be working on in order to be the best possible salesperson we can be. And what I've witnessed in my time doing this number, this is episode 105, 21,000 listens. What I know now is your brain is your single biggest asset when you're in sales. Yes. And if your game is not on, it's costing you money. Yeah. And when you can take defeat and turn it into inspiration, that's when you're the best salesperson you possibly could be. Just think like, like I just won the whole way through bullshit. Sorry. That's not the way it works. No. Because even if you're having a stellar sales career, most people's lives who have great sales careers are in the toilet because yeah. they're devoting too much of themselves to that pursuit at the expense of so many other things. Yep. So by being able to examine the different elements of what make us really successful salespeople, I am so grateful for you to be this vulnerable and this willing to come and and talk to me and to have our group listen to you say, I, I almost was done and look at me now, you know, and to be able to see that as part of your tribe and to know that you wanted to tell that story here with our audience, thank you so much for that. I can't, I can't even express to you how, how honored I am that you wanted to come here to tell that story. And if you people out there are not inspired by this discussion, I don't really know what else. <laughs> right? so. And I wouldn't have wanted to tell it with anybody else but you. So thank you for that. Yeah. I just know I'm not the only one. You know what I mean? the message I think I want to get across is that it's, it's, it's like you said, your brain is your biggest asset. And so if something's going on up here, you can't fight to go look for another job. You can't go out and do your job the way that you want to do a pandemic or no pandemic. And 
just because you're having these problems up here does not mean that you're a crazy person. It does not mean that you've gone off the rails. It means that you have some shit going on up here and we should probably start talking about it because I don't want to hear a story about another person who went to Mexico on a solo trip with full intentions to not come back. And we will leave it right there because there's nothing more we need to say. God bless America. Fourth of July weekend. Thanks to Badger Maps for the sponsorship. That's so cool. Thank you for the serendipitous interview and I'm, I'm, Pumped. I'm I go sell something. Let's go sell stuff. <laughs> There's not a lot left for me to add to that discussion. Mental health is a real thing. Nobody's playing around with this anymore. There's no snickering in the corner around someone not being able to handle their situation. It's just not acceptable behavior anymore. And the more we are able to talk about it in an open forum, the better. I hope you got something from this. If there's anyone that you know that's struggling to get through their day, please share this episode with them. I think it's very important that we spend a little bit extra time in care and consolation of one another these days. This episode was a direct example of that. So I'm hoping that we are able to have that see the light of day for as many people who would be benefit of hearing it as possible. Until next time, this is Roger signing off.